0: I'm fantastic thanks Trent very good good
1: to see you good to see you now today we have a really cool topic of discussion selling with generosity yes this is really powerful so let's get into it Michael tell us a little bit about your background
0: no problem look my kinchy candles is an amazing story uh I'm 52 years old and uh five years ago
1: aging beautifully
0: aging well and five years ago, my 14 year old son came to me and said, uh, I think I'm going to start a candle business, Dad. And uh, yeah, he had already shown himself to be a pretty capable young fella and uh, had been reading all sorts of fantastic books from pretty much when he turned 12. You know, fantastic books from Tony Robbins and Phil Knight, you know, from Nike, Blake Mikoski, uh, from Tom Shoes, and uh, also, thank you. I think it's Daniel Flynn. So, pretty amazing at that hungry young age. Really hungry, hungry for
1: knowledge. Really hungry for knowledge. What's his name, Michael?
0: His name is Liam.
1: Liam. And Hello, Liam. If you're listening,
0: I'm sure he will listen. Yes, you are important. Uh, he is important, and uh, we'll tell his story. But at the moment, he is uh, on a scholarship in Princeton uh, since uh, September last year. And most people will know how hard they are to come by. It gives you a bit of an idea how he's evolved. Uh, but, uh, Chip yeah, off Keachie. the old block,
1: Michael, is he? Look, or is he more I, like mum? What's the deal?
0: I certainly take some of the credit uh, from his uh, practical side and his uh, social responsibility side. I've been involved in transaction-based giving and charities and, what we now call social enterprise for really 15 to 20 years it's been my number one business passion i just think you know so much of what we do in the world is crazy we get caught up with stuff that just doesn't matter there's there's tremendous waste and all that sort of stuff and i i just think so many of the world's social challenges can be solved by the money we already spend on on products and services so that's, that's really my massive bent in business and on the world, and, and that's where I get really passionate.
1: The more you give, the more you receive.
0: I totally believe that. I totally believe, and I've found it over the years. I just love being generous, and it just keeps coming back, and you live your life on a much higher level because you're just connecting with people in a, a more real way more often.
1: Mm. Taking it back to Liam's story, starting at 12, hungry for knowledge, wanted to learn, a little bit of uh, the magic dust is rubbed off on, in terms of wanting to make a difference to the world. And yes. Kenchi Candles is born out of a home right. home office yes.
0: garage. Yes, that's right. Uh, and his first uh, – well, it did take him three months. I mean, without going into too much detail, you can imagine you – know, you want to create – and he wanted to create the perfect candle. And at 14, he's pretty uh, – got a pretty idealistic view of things. And he went out on YouTube hours and hours and searched all the people around the world, giving their secrets away on how to make the perfect candle. And then he spent probably an equal amount of time on Alibaba, sourcing all the products from all around the world. And again, this is before he's turned 15. I, it's just five years ago. I remember all the products turning up on the front door. There was jars, waxes, wicks, Labels, boxes, all sorts of things that it took him a good three months to, to get ready to actually make a candle. And and then again, by then he turned 15, he, he's already set up the website and the financial side and invoicing and Instagram and all the social media. He, he did it all. Like it's, it was astonishing, really.
1: The genesis of the idea that you talk about the perfect candle, Michael, like there yes. was a social enterprise behind that wasn't yes. it? So it wasn't just producing and, and manufacturing candles. There's a really no. strong cause behind the mission of the business.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now, his idea from the start was it would be a social enterprise. And he, uh, his initial when he started was when you jumped onto the website, you would choose one of six charities that you wanted the profit to go to. Uh, And also for the listeners, a social enterprise, the accepted definition is where the business exists for a social cause to to solve a social challenge. And you commit to donating a minimum 50% of your profit. And that's what Liam knew that, understood that. And he loved that idea that he could still make some money because that's the great thing about social enterprise is that it's for profit. And he could then also be very generously and uh, helping many charities and importantly, making it easy for people to help those charities by the money they were already spending on gifts. So that was his idea from day one. He set that up. He used Shopify. Uh, He found the plugins that he needed so that you could literally choose the, um, the charities that you wanted to support. And in those early days, it was uh, ten dollars net donation out of every candle sold.
1: And that money now goes to specifically to food bank, so not that's, not the six charities. It goes specifically to food bank.
0: That's right. As the business involved, evolved around well, two years ago now, after helping you know over fifty charities, uh, it evolved to the point where we just wanted the message to be simpler. And we're now doing a much more retail and it had to be a, a simple strong message. And we'd already had a lot to do with food. Uh, I'd had a lot to do with food for 15, 20 years and the craziness of the fact that in Australia, we produce enough food for 75 million people. And yet we still have a major hunger problem uh, with disadvantaged people in the country. And, so we saw that is the the most impactful way that we could go out and make a huge difference and have a story that resonated with with the majority of people
1: and it's topical at the moment because there's pressure on these um social enterprises like food bank to to get more food because yes. of the pressures the financial pressures on cost of living's increasing sailing yep. into a recession so this this becomes even more important and of course we're in summer now, but in winter, obviously, it changes again, doesn't it? Um, no, so the pressure's always there.
0: The pressure's there, and and food. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of other social challenges that are much more difficult to um, solve. Yeah, you know, whether you talk about housing uh, and all sorts of other things, but but with food, yeah, you know, we live in a, a lucky country. there's you know, it's plentiful, and. Mm-hmm. You want to give your neighbor food. You want to, you know, friends and family. It's about food. And and we should be able to live in a country where no matter who you are, where you're at, there is plenty of food uh, for everyone. And then we worry about solving more difficult challenges. Mm. Uh, and that's our view. So we yeah. just think, you know, the organizations like Food Bank, uh, we don't need any more. You know, there's a lot of great organizations out there. Food Bank is the biggest Food Bank is the charity that all the other food charities go to to get a lot of their food or all of their food. So it's the most practical way to distribute to every type of disadvantaged person in the in society that you can think of.
1: So much waste when it comes to food as well, Michael, isn't there? So amazing how much food we throw out.
0: Yes. You know, like no yeah, No one
1: really should be going hungry, 25 million people. No, no. one should be hungry, but... It's no. uh, it's a harsh reality for many many families.
0: Yeah, it is, and it it does go right to the heart of our community. You know, the Australian community that we want, we should be all desperate to know that there's people that aren't going hungry. It's not if we were just living in Bendigo and there was a hundred thousand people there, and that was the total of Australia, then you can get your head around. Oh well, we can feed all those people, but at twenty five or twenty seven million. It's the same, you know, we, we can get this done. There's just a gap that needs to be breached. Uh, you know, we're, 85% of it is actually getting handled. We've just got to get this final part and, uh, and business is the best way to do it because, you know, government's got no more to give. The philanthropists are out there doing great stuff and we need this whole world of, of social enterprise to grow and take advantage of the trillions of tolls that flow around in our economy and have a greater percentage going back to, to these types of things, it's really pretty simple.
1: Spread the love. Share the love. Yep. Yep. Let's talk about the magic, the magic in the sales process, yes. Michael. Yes. The, the secret sauce, so to speak. So you're a copy, very successful salesperson in your own right. I want to link that between, obviously, we have a, a way of selling that I really believe in, which is, Selling like you are fighting for a cause, which is the deep-seated belief that you have in your product, your service, how you're helping people. Yes, you've you found the benefits of of getting behind Kenshi and getting behind your son's business, the way that operates, and then linking that to the way that you're selling in business. So I'd like to unpack that a little bit.
0: For sure. Look, before Kenshi, you know, I had a office supplies company for 20 years, and it was called Make a Difference Office Supplies, and we had um, a great way of our customers would earn giving points and then they would choose which charities they wanted to support out of their giving points. And then the charities would get all this value in giving points and they would get a whole lot of free products. And I did that in that business for the same reasons that I've done it uh, now with the photocopiers and printers is I look at what I need to do to feel great about what I'm doing, like to feel Uh super passionate. (laughs) I, I build it from the ground up.
1: Passion.
0: I just, you know, life, we all know life is too short and there's no guarantees. And most of us still get, you know, a little bit too caught up in the small stuff sometime, although I try very hard not to. Trying so hard to keep it real. And yeah, I reverse engineered when I moved into the photocopier and printer game. I created a make a difference program and we donate back around one third of the commissions to fund enormous volumes of food. And that took what is really a commodity these days, photocopiers and printers, you know, they're all pretty good. The brands are good. You know, the service varies, but but that took it into a whole new realm. You know, I've never seen myself as selling photocopiers and printers. I'm really out there to, to feed as many people as I possibly can. And I just use the money that people already spend on in that area of their business to do it. So it's a whole different conversation. I mean, I've partnered with a, a fantastic company, what I truly believe is the best uh, photocopier company in the country. They got 255 star Google reviews. They provide amazing service, amazing value. They've got great brands. So no, I'll give put, it,
1: Who are they? Give them a plug, please.
0: I'll give them a quick plug. That's Digital Document Solutions.
1: Digital Document Solutions. There you go. Yes. Lots of and, reviews. That's a good sign.
0: Oh, it's a very good sign. And everyone loves to hate their photocopier. So to get 250-odd <laughs> five-star reviews, and I might add none less than I, five stars. And I
1: didn't think photocopier still existed, to be honest.
0: No, I know. I know. So you've enlightened uh, there. It's aging. It's aging. It is. But it is. It's, it's more about document management. but. That, well, taking it back company, a little bit, Michael,
1: just taking it yes. back a little bit. So yep. you aligned that concept of fighting for a cause to selling copiers by yes. having a point system that would encourage customers to then uh, buy more and then donate to their selected charity.
0: Not quite. Not As quite. At, the, the point system was with the office suppliers. And when I moved to the photocopiers and printers, we just turned it straight into funding huge amounts of pasta and okay, so each gotcha. proposal would, would be uh, specific in the exact amount of food that it would, uh, that it would fund. And at the end of every month, we go and buy that pasta from a fantastic company called bond food. And then we donate that primarily to food bank, but also to fair share second bite Oz harvest Vinny's song mm. seeker resource center. So it's real. I, you know, I'm always just searching for realness. I'm, desperate for stuff to be real and so just donating the money does not cut it for me
1: Man, search Uh, for meaning yeah must have meaning and it would
0: be a part of my advice to anyone out there you know searching for uh to create real passion in their sales team and their sales process is you can't just donate money it just doesn't work we're not built that Mm. way Mm -hmm. you've got to get involved you've got to go and understand the cause that you're supporting and really put the resources of your business towards solving problems they've got. You know, get behind it and be full on and get your, obviously your sales team connected to it and then unlock that passion. And that's all I've done. You know, I just think food, it's so bloody ridiculous that there's not enough of it. And I've tied that to a boring business expense, photocopiers, and pretty much broken all the rules. You know, broken all the sales, uh, all the sales goals, and everything. And and I spend most of my time speaking to companies about how they can bring more giving into their business. Brilliant. How
1: smashing goals! Number one, I love working with number one. Yes, there's always a number one. Yes. In every business, yeah. You know, where are they? Who are they? What do they look like? What are they doing differently? So, yep. why, why, why does it work for you?
0: It works for me because it's real. Because I am so genuinely passionate. And the other key part is, Can I know I'm being. Can we break that down a little bit, Michael? Yep, though, yep, like that no. realness.
1: This. So, so how is that translating to improving relationships? I get. Yep. I guess. Is it or is it a disarming quality or is it showing the customer a different side of you that connects with them, with the person? Yes.
0: It's it's all those things. The key part for me to unlock this certainty that I'm providing amazing value to the client is I know I am being generous. I am being as generous as I possibly can be without giving. Mm. And then I know with my absolute heart and soul that I am uh, helping this customer feed the most possible people, and what the, the given part is that they're getting great value, great machine, great service. That's like that's a little bit of a discussion at the end, but it gotcha. does.
1: Gotcha. it's just it becomes the, the secondary.
0: It's sale. secondary. It's wow. secondary. It just fascinating. You know, the, I see the other. Um, you know, there's, there's ten other guys that work at DDS in sales. They're good people. They're nice people. But they're photocopier salesmen. They're selling product and service. And my argument is if you're hello, selling Hello product, to them
1: if they're listening. <laughs> We're not. Yes.
0: Oh <laughs> well, look, I hope they because, do. I said I'm, they're, they're good average. people. They're average. They're,
1: but they're average because they don't have the passion.
0: <laughs> they don't. The, the generosity. Don't. And I think many industries have the same challenge. Their salespeople are going out and selling by product and service. And mm. my statement about that is that that should be a given the fact that you've got great products, great service, great everything, that's nearly the easy part. It's how do you go above and beyond? Uh, Go
1: the extra mile. We call that, yeah, I just cannot agree with you more on this stuff. Yep. I don't want to to really influence the listeners on this stuff, but (laughs) this stuff is the boom gospel. It is. Generosity, reciprocity. Backstretching. That's a really powerful mindset and way of operating. Yep. We talk a lot about, at Boom, the investor mindset, like being an investor, which means contribution, generosity, giving more than you receive, being known as somebody who contributes instead of extracting. Yes. That investor mindset, Michael, is, let's break that down a little bit. What does that look like for you?
0: Look, I think even to... We've got to have a term for it, you know, investor mindset, but you've got to absolutely believe it and live it. And it means that you're doing everything you possibly can to add value to the client. And like I said before, you've got to very quickly move away from your core product and service. I mean, you want to always do everything you can in your core product and service to be outstanding, but then you've got to go further. And that's where you want to spend the time because that's when this, that there's a great word outstanding because outstanding means that you're obviously head and shoulders. You're standing out from your competition and the rewards are very disproportionate up there. You get your head up in most industries. You've only got to be one reason why one more reason to your competitors to why they someone would go with you or where someone's gut feel is, oh, I just think I can trust this person, which is, as you know, how most people make decisions. And that's where this investor mindset, that's what that unlocks, is the gut feel of people thinking, I reckon I can trust this person. I think they're going to do what they've promised to do. That's the real secret in all of this by being genuinely focused on trying to do everything you can to add value to the client. They feel it because we're social animals. You listen to Simon Sinek, who's who's pretty awesome, and we just feel it. We just know that this person's the real deal.
1: Trust equals risk, though, doesn't it? There's always an element of risk when you're trusting somebody. So when you're coming from a place of generosity, you're saying that, that helps to alleviate that gives people a stronger sense of who you are, your character. Can I trust this person? Because I'm getting three quotes. I'm getting three proposals. They're all pretty similar. Similar price. Who do I trust? But we naturally sell to and buy from people we like or share a likeness with. So that's where the values come in. So we're saying, I have really strong values. Here they are. Here are my beliefs. Here's what I believe in. I only sell what I believe in. And I'm only going to sell this to you if I believe it will help you. I'm not going to sell it to you if I don't believe it will help you. Therefore, I'm in control. And that's a big part of selling is controlling your own process. I find that salespeople are too quick just to sell anything because they want to get paid. And that's where yes. the lack of trust across the board comes in yes. when you think about stereotypical salespeople, just you know, flogging a dead horse, a yep. slithering snake oil salesman. They'll sell you anything to get paid. And sometimes yep. that is a reality, Michael, because they want to put food on their own table.
0: Absolutely. They've got to sell Absolutely. stuff. So you can't yep.
1: begrudge them that. And I find that's where the deception can come in or we look at different industries that are specifically, you know, maybe categorized as unethical. Yes. You know, it's not the industry's unethical. It's just certain uh, operators in that industry operate like that. And it's usually the first place when that line gets crossed is usually because people are desperate
0: mm-hmm. or yep, uneducated
1: uh, or sometimes they are dodgy. That Let's be honest. Some people are naturally yeah. just dishonest. But also the the candles though, like what are the candles doing? That the, the right. When you're saying that a business will sell more when they introduce the candles to their product line. Yes. Not to sell the product line, but to introduce no. the cause a- alongside what they're doing. So can That's you explain right. how that works?
0: Yeah. All right. Thank- Good question. So as you were just saying about, Salespeople being out there and you know wanting to build trust and talking about their product and service, they need extra practical tools that are outside of their product and service, as I said. And what we've stumbled on, thanks to Liam as a 14-year-old and me just being a good dad and giving out candles here and there and telling them about my son's business, I, I wish I had have actually gone about this with a little bit more um, Uh, you know, certainty and realise what I was doing. We literally stumbled on this thing that when you go and tell the story, an inspirational story about, in this case, a young person who wanted to go out, make the world a better place and then within a year got introduced to refugees from Myanmar uh, that have now, for the last four years, made the candles here in Melbourne and we've now made over 50,000 candles so that added to the story because Liam couldn't keep up with the demand and he was going into year 10 and he had to find a way to keep uh, making candles. He was employing friends and all that sort of thing. So that got added to the story. And then when we uh, made the, the impact simpler and more, uh, more powerful with funding food then, and, in, and having partners like Food Bank and others, then obviously that's another critical part of the story. So when you share that, in the sales environment, that we're partnering, um, you know, with this fantastic social enterprise, and we're funding enormous amounts of food. Uh, you know, our our customers are behind this, and you know, the candle is quite unique. If you try and think of a similar product that has an emotional element to it, mm. that nearly every house has candles. The Obviously, the vast majority of women love candles, but don't leave the blokes behind too much because there's there's a more than fifty percent of blokes love a candle, and it's the um so that's there's the emotional side of candles just by themselves. That often it's the symbol of relaxation. It's
1: it's yeah. Well, hang on a sec, Michael. It's the symbol. I cannot help that the image image that I have when you're are sharing that is. Showing the customer a different side of you. Yes. You know, your real side. When you talk about being human and us, you know, humanizing you are important. Yes. It's showing people who you really are. Yes. Because what I often see as a customer, I see the salesperson. Yes. I see the forked tongue. I see someone who just wants to sell and get paid. Yep. I see you, ah, avatar, <laughs> get the tails yeah. out. Get the tails oh, no. out. I don't, it's a bit creepy. Um, I see you yes, for who you really are. And that, if it's yeah. genuine, it shines through because you mentioned earlier, we instinctively, yes. instinctively, our animal instincts kick in, we can smell a shonkster a mile off. We, we yes. It's very easy to activate fear if you're coming from the wrong place when you're talking to people. We can sense yep. something's not right. Um, people have different sensitivity levels. I know that, but that's really interesting. So show, showing the customer who you really are. That, you know,
0: that is the answer. Values. Yes, that, that is the answer. That's what the candles enable you to do. Is it. And in me, obviously, you know, Lean's my son, but it doesn't matter if he wasn't in some ways it would be easier if it wasn't because people think, Oh, he's your son, you know, that type of thing. But he, uh, it, it just makes it so much easier to be genuine, real, passionate, and you know, I love a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, and he talks about the great man, the, the six human needs, and contribution, growth, yeah. and contribution. The last two, we've got to contribute. We're we're designed as human beings to live in communities and go and support each other, and that that's instinctive as well so this is a way where everyone can get involved everyone can buy it's not do we buy candles it's do you buy gifts because the candles make a great gift it's better than than a bottle of wine it's better than chocolates Ooh. it's oh because people don't know what wine they drink and all those sorts of challenges
1: universal uh, language of generosity Yes. When do you ever knock back somebody who's coming from a place of generosity? Yes. That's a really potent, potent way of operating. I think. So, yep. are you generous? How generous are you? Great question. Mm. What are you doing over and above? That,
0: that's yep. that's the question for everyone who's listening to think. How generous what are, are we you doing? Because <laughs> this this is. Um, it's like forced compliance uh, in a what they call a risk reversal guarantee. Mind you, everyone should have a very, very strong risk reversal guarantee. Uh, probably no time to talk about that today. But as part of that, when your salespeople are going out and they know they're being generous, can you imagine that boost that that gives them when they know that they're adding Ooh. way extra value above and beyond their competitors, can you imagine the certainty that that starts to create in their Michael, mind? Michael, Michael, stop there. Stop. Stop <laughs> it. What the I'm hell are you, you talking
1: about? I love that. Yes. I love it. Yes. When you have that, yeah. when you come from a place of generosity, a lot of uh, one client, that boom client, we, I won't go into detail because we don't have time. But we got the salespeople to, we printed big giant checks, you know, like the checks, the charity checks. Yep. Yep. And we got them to walk in for their proposal presentation with the big check because the whole concept was we're putting money back into your business, you know, and how long should that check signed to you sit on your desk? You know, it won't sit on the desk long. You'll bank it pretty quickly, I would have thought, back in the days when we had checks, of course. Yes. Just that intent of walking into a business with Genuine value to give that person that a tangible, give yes. salespeople a whole nother dimension to their confidence levels. Yes, and their willingness and gen- to push and their belief in what they're selling.
0: Yeah, hallelujah! You, bro- is, I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's bloody good. The other thing that to help you know the listeners be more generous is that they've got to know their lifetime value of a customer. You've got to know it because. When you know the lifetime value of a customer, then you can go back and say, well, how much can I invest to win one of those? And then of course, you've just got to know your numbers. So that gets back into general sales speak, but that's all in this conversation, that's taken for granted. You've got to know your numbers. You got to know how much it's costing you to generate leads, what percentage of leads you're closing. Uh, But you'll find when you know your lifetime value, that it blows the numbers through the roof, not only in the conversion, but in gross profit in nearly all industries. I sell more than anyone, and my margin is literally about 30% higher than anyone else's. When people instinctively feel, their gut feel is that you know they like you, that you're giving generously uh, in your business, it's around 55% of people will... Uh, go out of their way to buy from you again or refer business to you, which we all know word of mouth and referrals is is the Holy Grail. It's It, it goes to so many levels of them uh, wanting to help you in return because they've seen that you're, you're showing your true self, as we talked about before. We've been genu- genuine and generous and they want to reciprocate. Which is you know what we love the reciprocity,
1: reciprocity in action. That's interesting because yes. when you look at the, uh, the customers' willingness to buy again, yes, you know, uh, and the short-term focus a lot of salespeople have on just that initial transaction, thinking that is the primary sale. Yes, so the primary sale is not the first sale; it's the second, it's the third, it's the fourth, it's the referral. Yeah, you know, it's the rule of three in action. So. If you are focused on that first sale and you you are looking to extract as much value as you can on the first sale you're often limiting yourself in terms of the ongoing relationship. And I just see this time and time again with people that I hire, they're so desperate to get paid. They're yes. so it's, it's, a, it's a transactional. They don't follow up to see if you're happy.
0: Yep. They don't even yep. ask
1: for a referral. Yes. You know, because they don't even show any care or interest in if you are happy first. Yes. So there's no scope to ask for a referral. So, it's just this really short um, sighted way of operating. And the best operators that I work with are all about the second sale, the third sale, the fourth sale. You know, how do you build that relationship? You've got to be investing at the front end, you know. So, in some ways, losing the battle to win the war.
0: Totally. The headline here is if you're focused on selling, then you're going to lose. You're going to be average at best. If you're we don't like, sales people, we yes, don't like If everything. your salespeople are just wanting to close deals and get sales, uh, then they are never going to be a top performer. And well, we'll, as importantly, they're never really going to enjoy their job that much. You know, the little bit of dopamine we get when we make a sale, okay, that's fine. But it, the holy grail is going out there, as we know, and absolutely loving what you do. You just got to love it. And so what business owners and sales managers and salespeople need to do is, is reverse engineer and say, what do I need to be able to offer so I could just go out and with so much certainty and passion and love my job? Because what happens then, I, I have built myself this amazing job description, running Kenshi, our message attracts great people, just really good people that want to make the world a better place and they're generous people and they, and they love what we're doing and my day's filled with positive energy. You know, I, I struggle to find a bad person. Yes. Because they're, they're just not attracted to our message.
1: And I'm attracted to it. Like yeah. a
0: bee to a honeypot.
1: As <laughs> uh, oh, soon as I heard about met Mechi, I was in, uh, hence getting you on the podcast. Uh, getting behind what we're doing at Ausdair uh, with the amazing team at Ausdair. Yes. Okay, so there's something here. There's something here. I'm in a business. I could be customer service. I could be sales. I could be account managing. I could be consulting. Yep. It is a paycheck. So I am doing this to get paid. So if I flip that, I'm going to say, well, your first job as a salesperson is... Are you making the world a better place? Is what you're selling or serving making the world a better place in the way that you can? And if the answer is yes. no, then you know that's a pretty big red flag. <laughs> you yes, know that that's you right. know, because I'm not going to be there long. I've got no passion. I really care about what I'm doing. I don't care about my customers. It's a paycheck. That is danger. That is the harsh reality for for many people, Michael.
0: It is, and they the don't world have changing. That. You know, great, I'm very grateful. The world's changing very fast. It's sort of catching up to where I've been for ages, you know. We just, more and more people, a greater percentage are demanding that businesses prove to them what they're doing in the community to make our world more just and equitable. Mm. And that's a fantastic trend. That should make us all feel really good. You know, this, and it's not just the younger generation. It's us 50-year-olds as well. Uh, you know, we're all thinking, "Wow, this is bullshit." COVID was bullshit. You know, we've got to we've got to be more real. We've got to we, we want to live our lives. You know, we don't we we want other people we don't want other people suffering that are living, you know, close to us. Well, um, how uh, in the world.
1: well COVID was tough in Victoria. We know that. Hello to our yes. friend Daniel Andrews. Uh, how yes. he still how he got voted back in? I'll never know, Michael. But well, that's, that's a that's...
0: great conversation for another podcast because it the fact he did shows you the challenges that we've got. You know, just with people wanting to be protected and um I don't I'm not smart enough to work it out, but you know, he got voted mm. back in, that's the reality. But Stockholm
1: uh, Syndrome. Could be. At its at its worst. Yes. But he's doing his job in the best way he knows how, unfortunately. Uh Jeez. Yep. That's where we have to we have to be very, very astute in how we Choose yes. our leaders wisely because we can see if we get, get it wrong uh, yeah. and we get in the wrong situation. Whew, wow. Yeah. That's a perfect storm of dysfunction. No. Uh, we won't get into politics today, but uh, <laughs> right. there's a little knife being thrown. Uh, that humanizing the sales process is the magic dust. Showing people who you really are. I'm really big on that, Michael. Showing people yes. who you really are. And if you've got some quirk, bring it. You've got some serious quirk. Um, yeah. Jacob's got some serious quirk. Um yes. your right hand man. That's yeah, that's exactly. sort of being yourself, being one hundred percent yourself. Uh, and I think that's really potent. The Look
0: well, if I can interrupt so reciprocity what, though. I want to dig into the, that. Yeah, go for it. Sure. I just want to just wanna stress that what the sales managers and managing directors and even the salespeople that just gotta go and say, What do I need to do? What what do we need to change? How can we add and look outside products and service, uh, and contribution, who can we help? That's the shared value that we're accessing. You know, in old sales speak, um, you know, Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar yes, and these guys, Brian Tracer, yes, Brian another. Tracy. Uh, Hello, Tom and
1: Brian. Yeah,
0: if they're still going. but you know, they're, they're going. Great, they're still going. Thank for their time. Yes, and, true. Um, uh, but now, you know, it's all about – uh being more real and and adding value outside of the core product so that's what they've got to go and do and then it's very disproportionate the rewards that's that's the other key message
1: just sit on that for a bit My dear old mentor, Big Kev, used to say, if you can't get excited about what you sell, get excited about how you sell it. So that yes. sort of links in. You have to be genuinely aroused yep. by yep. what you are doing day to day. if there's, It's not exciting what the hell is going on. You've got to find a way to make it exciting. Yes. And if it's not going to happen, you have to go elsewhere and look for it. Start yep. your own business you yep. know, or find somebody. Take a pay cut and go and work for a company that you know, you believe is doing great things. You know, and yes. watch the passion flow. But I think yes. the seduction is with the money, is we're chasing yes. money. We must get paid. We must have the two point two kids and the white picket fence and everything else, and that goes with that. So we we must get a mortgage. That's a trap. So there's lots of different traps that we fall into, which mean we don't often chase our passion. I think that's really interesting that we've got you've been able to align your passion with Kenshi. Obviously, it's your son's um, brainchild. But then you've realized that, hey, there's some real magic in generosity and reciprocity. That when I'd really turn that on and introduce that with my, I guess, my main business. Yes. That what that activates is the magic dust that builds trust. It shows people who I really am. Uh, It helps me win more business and it helps me build deeper relationships. So it's pretty cool. So how would a... Let's say that I don't, I'm not aligned with Kenshi. I'm just I'm selling, um, I'm working for a company and uh, they're probably not going to do the Kenshi thing or that's going to take yep. time. What yes. can I start to do now if I'm selling to activate, to sprinkle the magic dust, the generosity through? It yep. doesn't matter what I'm selling. I really want to anchor this somehow and start using it. What's, uh, what's some of your tips or tricks yep. or techniques? No.
0: Great question. So you've got to tie what you sell into a specific benefit for a social cause. Uh, something that is a, very appealing to you, but also as appealing to the majority of the public out there so that it takes away from you just selling your product and service. You've got to have something more and the shared value is contribution is helping others. We all want to do that. We all want to help people that are doing it tough, usually through absolutely no fault of their own. So tie, that to your product and your offering and you'll find that the more generous you are, and this is what we touched on before, but be very generous in what you donate, which is all I've done out of the photocopiers is donate enormous amounts of food. We're up to 160 tons of pasta and rice that we have purchased. How many And plates? donated.
1: How many plates, Mark? Come on.
0: 160 tons is a... Is three hundred and twenty thousand meals. Wow, it's it's, uh, it's a lot, and that's amazing. It is. It, it's huge volumes. It's pallets and pallets. You know, a, a pallet is half a ton uh, of the spiral spaghetti, or if you really want to know, the uh, the long spaghetti is nine hundred and sixty kilos on a ton oh, on a pallet, I should say. So,
1: and of um, course, pasta because of its um, its longevity.
0: Yes, it's the number one in-demand food item from all food charities. And that's we love why good, we chose it.
1: Geez, I'm getting hungry thinking about pasta.
0: Yes, and uh, rice is a close second. But, uh, but the answer to your question oh, is... Actually,
1: Michael, Michael. Yes, yes. 360,000 plates? Yes. I, I'm thinking of a young family, maybe a single parent, who's getting up, getting her kids to school, nothing in the cupboard. Yep, that is heartbreaking.
0: It is. Imagine that is heartbreaking. And it's often it's the third week of the month. It's heartbreaking for the parent. Yep, it's devastating all round, and that's why I can get so passionate about it because people should have enough food, and then they've got to tackle their other problems. And it's just the most fundamental thing. So it doesn't. I,
1: I, I gave one example. There's many different variations of that, isn't there? Yes. That, that, that oh, scenario. There's... Many, many. But that that is heartbreaking right. from the parent. Yes. The kids. Look, the harsh reality is it'll probably serve the kids well one day. <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? No, because no, it's I a totally good, it's character building that challenge. But it's so unfair, and there's extreme levels of that. Yes. So I think that's a real. Um, and those those people
0: a, out there that. That know the Tony Robbins story. That was one of the main things that touched him as a 12, 13 year old when people came to the door and gave him some food. And yeah, and that, and that touched him shaped as his whole worldview. Yeah, shaped yeah. his whole.
1: You will never forget somebody who helps you in a time of need. Yes. I think you'll never forget that. And I think um, what Kenshi is doing, donating profits to feed people that can't feed themselves, is just an amazing cause. Uh, We we shared some of the stats in the presentation. I can't remember them offhand last week when I saw your presentation. I was gobsmacked the amount of um, homes that are um, not capable of putting food on their own table. So it's a fantastic cause. But there was a lot to learn from, I guess, the process itself, the investor mindset, the generosity, the reciprocity. They're coming from a place of contribution um, yes. And being able to find a way to make to bring that to life in your own business, in your own way, yeah. yep. is really potent. And it might give you an, right. another level of belief and, and passion about what you're doing, because ultimately you're attaching a really positive cause. Look, the cause should be your customers. We know that, mm. but there's another cause here as well. So you're getting a really a double a two pronged uh, cause effect, which I think is really potent.
0: But I wouldn't even separate the two in that way because the cause is the customer. We want the customer to feel great when they choose to deal with it. We want them to be excited about what they're creating by making that decision. So it's still about the customer. You know, with photocopiers, typically we'll fund about 300 kilograms of pasta with one photocopier. And they know that. Plates?
1: Plates? How many plates? Uh,
0: Six hundred plates. <laughs> I always put Michael uh, up on the plate. It's 300, it. 600. Right. It's double, okay. double the kilos. So, Six hundred plates. So yeah, that's that, cool. That's cool. It is about the customer. We want the customer. If we, everything I ever do is actually completely focused on well, the customer and making them feel great, helping them with their business, adding value in any which way I can.
1: Well, it's lead by example, Michael, as well. You're role yep. modelling aspect to any any business. You've got to have role models that are blazing the way. Yep. And Another can... reason
0: the, the candles are a, uh, a great success in helping grow sales is when I often will give 30, 40, 50 candles with a photocopier sale and they will take those candles and give them to their employees and their clients. So they're, that's adding massive value to that client because they're I'm helping them build stronger relationships with the people that really influence, you know, how well their business does.
1: You are the ultimate uh, back scratcher, which yep. is the reciprocity sort of anchor, yep. back scratching backs. Because yep. I do have a, I've got a boot full of Kenshi candles he gave me. i will be handing them out left, right, and centre, and that's it, one of your techniques, mm. one of your tangible ways of demonstrating reciprocity and generosity. Is you give a lot of candles away, which are cost they're at a small they're at a cost to you but that's part of your the front end of your process isn't it is that you give Absolutely. a lot of candles away so you're investing right. you're activating that investor mindset by giving the cat a lot of candles away and that feeds the front the front end of your sales process is that is that a correct sort of way of interpreting Definitely.
0: It? yeah we the candles because the story is so genuine real inspirational passionate uh, the candles are the best salespeople. That people get open that candle. You know, it's got life-changing on the candle. They read about the story, and all of a sudden, you're connected to that person at a much deeper level. So when I'm I doing photocopies, in, When I'm you doing photocopies, i you know I love being mad. <laughs> I, I love being outrageously generous. get outrageous.
1: What? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. There's, Back it up. Right. Outrageously generous. It's. Hang it's on a, a sec. We've got to use that somehow. We should use it. Oh, depend. I Pen. depends. Outrageously generous. Yes. Seriously, what a way to de- describe someone. You've got to yep. meet Michael. He is outrageously generous with his yep. time, with his value, with what he does. You've got to meet this guy from Kenshi Candles. He is outrageously generous, and you will thank me for introducing you. Yep, That is a flaming referral. Yes? That, outrageously that generous.
0: I won't <laughs> let a courier driver – we get stuff delivered to home all the time. I won't let a courier driver go without giving him a candle or her. And I can tell you, I've made so many people's day. I said, look, I've just got something for you. Even give- the Uber drivers. I give the yep. Uber – I'm using Ubers all the time to move things around. And I always give them a candle, and it just blows them away. Okay, so we can Um, think about and it creates raving fans.
1: We can think about as a business owner, what are you giving away that's going to activate outrageous generosity? So so something to think about. It could be a Kenshi candle. Hopefully, it is because we want to give you a bit of a plug in a sec. It could be something else. That's the uh, rule of three. Like something, you know, gifting, and you've got to be careful with that sort of stuff, I guess, in the corporate world gifting but it doesn't have to cost you anything either
0: no Do you know no, what I mean it like it's to, the concept so behind
1: many... it is yep. you know I've got two of my dear clients today very very dear clients both have their birthday birthdays today I made sure I rang them as soon as I got up yep not a text phone call so yes. it doesn't always have to be a tangible cost-based thing no, no, no. but I love the concept of you always because you love the brand you live the brand you you sort of living and breathing Kenshi, you take it everywhere you go and you're always, in a way, promoting, but you're giving at the same time. You're giving something that's actually genuinely valuable. No one's going to say no to a candle. Um, Every candle's profit goes towards um, plates on tables via the food bank. So it's just a beautiful link, beautiful link. Um, I I think that's a really great takeaway for people is that what is that? What are you doing in your own business? to activate reciprocity at the front end
0: yes, and it at, has the to back, th- at the
1: back end as well?
0: The back end, absolutely. But the front end, any lead or um, opportunity, you've got to be able to demonstrate your generosity up front because you're wanting to influence that person. You're wanting to show the person who you really are and make sure you're you're a really generous person.
1: Well, there is also the flip side of that, never trust a Greek bearing gifts. Very, very, oh, no. a very There's inappropriate always, quote. No, I would suggest but There's always,
0: always if, flip sides. But, but hang on a sec, Michael, Michael
1: yes. can I say that is always aligned to values. So where yes. you're coming from, your intent, yes. if you're coming from yep. the right place, you do believe and, and it's genuine, then yes. of course, that's when you activate generosity, not when it's deceptive and you're doing it to get no. something in exchange. I think that's the, that's the, Actually, um,
0: I'll, I'll I, give you a rule of thumb here, the rule. which I've used is with the generosity when you, whatever you're giving away, it's three to four times, uh, whatever you're giving away, you have to think if I gave away a quarter of that, would I still get the same result as far as influencing people? And, that I've worked on that so that we got roughly give away three to four times what we could if we were just wanting to, um, you know, have a marketing benefit and, and not be genuine. So it's just an aside for people to think about, because it's the question, how much do I give away? Mm. And, and also we, we've got to be careful with this message of generosity. It's all in the context of what goes around, comes around. and, We're not just being generous for the sake of being generous. This comes to another term that if if people are listening and you've got a pen, uh, write down shared value. Uh, Even Harvard Business School shared value. And this is a a growing movement of over 10 years now where it's such an important improvement on corporate social responsibility. And it's where companies genuinely take on a social challenge they use all their resources to try and help that social challenge but they 100 are percent are expecting a return on their in on what they invest in both time and money they take it out to the world they share it with the world and then they sell more products which then enables them to be more generous which then enables them to sell more products so it's it's well and truly proven now that this is the best way to go out to the world and And that's what we've just been talking about over the last hour is shared value.
1: Michael, come on. I've been banging on about this for 10 years. Forget Harvard. It's never about the sell. It's never about the sell because people love to buy but they hate being sold. It's always about aligning values and adding value or sharing value, you know, because people uh, hate being sold but they love it when you share with them. You know, and we know as parents when we see our kids sharing – Yes. Unprovoked. I'm doing a good job.
0: I agree. I agree. The the challenge here is for the you know the managing directors and general managers to to not see what we might call what we're talking about as being generous as an expense. It's gotta be seen as an investment, and then you then design the sales process and the training and everything to make sure that the salespeople are invested. And then they take that out to the world because there's a lot of generous companies out there with what we would call corporate social responsibility where the customers and prospects don't even know what they're out there doing in the world. It's not connected. There's two <laughs> yes. separate things.
1: Siloed. It's siloed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because
0: and then and when the business starts to struggle, they cut it. They cut it. Yeah. So it's tokenistic.
1: Uh, it's tokenistic. It's designed for a purpose, not necessarily aligned yes. with values. Totally That's agree. Right. Uh, We have to give you a big plug now, Yes, Mr. Kenshi. So where do we find more? Uh, How do we get behind the cause? Two really important questions. We want to make sure our listeners are pointed in that direction.
0: Yes. Yes. So find more. uh, Obviously, website is there. We do a lot of online sales, but we're very excited about new partnerships that we've formed in the last uh, nine months. One of them is with Independent Hardware Group. So Mitre 10, Home Hardware, Thrifty Link, we're now in over uh, 50 stores and I think by June we'll get up to about 150 to 200 of those hardware stores. And you think you don't go to a hardware sale to buy a candle, but that shows the power of what we're doing. Because the Go, the, the go to buy is,
1: um, a snag on bread, to be honest.
0: Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, they love the story. You know, they've been fantastic to deal with. Uh, You know, we're talking to people like Harvey Norman and Australia Post, but that still hasn't happened yet. We've had tremendous support from RACV. They're just a a fantastic organisation. Commonwealth Bank have been fantastic. You know, we're now approved with the, uh, their staff gifts, and they've already funded over four tonnes, all right, 8,000 meals. Um, uh, 8, 000, yes, good,
1: has. good, Michael.
0: So meals, 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 way, meals. It's all about meals. So the candles really – I can't think of a better corporate gift, whether you're giving to employees, clients, or prospects. Uh, they, uh, they hit the mark. People – Love reading the story. It reflects on you and your brand, and we love doing corporate orders. Uh, you know, obviously, it's paying the wages of the refugees here in Melbourne, and I've literally having to hold them back. We could double our workforce if we, as we, you know, grow the sales.
1: And we didn't touch on that earlier, Michael, which is the uh, the uh, hiring of the refugees from the Chin community. Yes, to manufacture the candles. So that's something that. Um... I think it's a really important part of the story as well. So it's a genuine social enterprise yes. doing yeah, great things. Um, yeah. And, of course, our friends at yes. Uh We will talk about the Boom Passion Candle yes, coming good. soon. I talked to my daughter, Sky, about helping to choose the fragrance. Right. And she's very excited about that. So there's 24 different fragrances we can choose from. What does passion smell like? Ooh, passion. Can you say passion, Michael?
0: Passion. Pash, passion.
1: Passion candle. Uh, yeah. you got to sort of twist your lips and hips yes. a little bit when you're saying it. But um, love, and I'm going to get you on again at some point down the tracks. We've got an exciting initiative we're working together on. So we want to bring people on that journey. Uh, yes. How do we actually find Kenshi Candles, though? Where, are you on the socials, websites?
0: Yes, yes. And a few more ways for people to help us. Uh, we've got a fantastic model where um, places like medical centers, childcare centers, anywhere where there's a waiting room, dentists can actually display Kenchi Candles. In We've got a fantastic, colorful is- uh, cardboard display stand. I'm just getting and, the wind up.
1: I'm getting the wind up here, Michael, but we didn't touch yes. on the aromatics. How yes. smell influences buyer behavior and smell in, uh, arousal influences. So the yes. ca- candles have a distinct smell.
0: Yes. When people smell a pleasant fragrance, it's the scent, the smell sense is by far our most powerful and it's the only uh, scent that goes go straight to our emotional part of our brain. So it just brings back memories and it influences people in a positive way when it's a obviously a, a, a nice fragrance. So, yeah, in any sort of retail environment, and I want to talk about medical centers, that sort of thing, uh, you walk in and it smells nice and your anxiety uh, reduces. They do it in hospitals. Ooh, they handy. do it in lots of places.
1: That's handy, particularly the highly um, strung like us. Um, yes. So KenshiCandles.com.au, they can yes. find everything they need to know about the Kenshi story. You're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all the yes. socials as well. There's some really, really wonderful insights here, Michael. So I cannot thank you enough for your time. Let's think about the passion candle so we can um, we can really bring that to life. That's that's Looking pretty forward cool.
0: To making that for you, and uh, we're doing a few other uh, companies as well at the moment, which is very exciting. So. Yeah, many ways to uh, make a difference.
1: You are an absolute star. Thanks for your time, Michael.
0: Yeah, thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me on.
1: Trent is the Managing Director of Boom Sales, Australia's number one sales training and development company. If you'd like to accelerate your sales growth and profitability, go to boomsales.com.au.